Welcome to The West Steps, a podcast from the Colorado Children's Campaign that explores issues that impact Colorado kids and families. I'm your host, Beza Tedesk. Welcome to The West Steps. We have a packed room today and uh, I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves and then we'll talk a little bit about a very um, close to my heart conversation um, in this episode of The West Steps. So, Senator, do you want to start? Yes, I'm happy to do that. Good evening or good afternoon or morning, everyone. I am State Senator Rhonda Fields. I represent Arapahoe County in Aurora, Senate District 29. Great. And I am Sarah Barnes. I'm the manager of special policy initiatives at the Colorado Children's Campaign. Great. Um, So, Senator, we'll start with you. Um, We heard yesterday um, uh, a bill on um, increasing basic cash assistance. Can you talk to us why this policy is important to you and what that hearing was like yesterday? The hearing was extremely impactful and it was also heartbreaking because I got upfront kind of exposure into what it's like to be poor. And what I discovered is it's not easy to be poor Mm. and it's not easy to live on government assistance. It's, um, you know, it's almost like it's just not enough to make ends meet. We heard about one family of of three, maybe getting um, $533 or something like that. That's not a lot. So the people that get assistance, they are in extreme poverty. And so what this bill will do, it will give them a cost of living increase. So it gives them a bump for this year and then it'll carry through as long as we can maintain it, Mm -hmm. which is like a 1.5 increase. So it's Mm -hmm. not a lot. It could equal to about maybe $50 more a month or $33 more a month. Even that's not a lot. It's not. Yeah. But for people who don't have it, yeah. it means a lot. And yeah. it lets the, those folks know that they're not invisible mm-hmm. in our community, that our government cares about people who are struggling. And to get public assistance, you know, is a lot that you have to go through. You yeah. have to search for jobs. Um, in Arapahoe County, the average amount of time someone is on public assistance is just three months oh, wow. because the goal is to move them off public assistance mm-hmm. and get them to a point where they're gainfully employed. Mm-hmm. You have been a fierce advocate for this. Um, and why does this issue mean quite a lot to you? Well, I represent East Colfax. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with East Colfax, mm-hmm. but it starts at um, Colfax on Yosemite mm-hmm. and it goes all the way down um, past I-225. Mm-hmm. And so I see people living in poverty every single day. Mm-hmm. I see people when I'm at the grocery store where some folks are using uh, food stamps. I see the images of poor people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. Like mm-hmm. I said, not everybody lives on easy street. Yeah. And some people are struggling to make ends meet. And when you think about housing and how much it costs to just have a place to live. Yeah. And then kids need resources. Yeah. And so it's not just the mom or the, the family. It's also the children that are impacted um, when they live in poverty. Mm-hmm. Food insecurities, maybe delays in their academic potential. Yeah. And I just think that every kid deserves a, a healthy start, a safe start. So that's why I'm a champion for this bill. Um. That was, I think, a very good segue to 
what is in the actual bill and Sarah maybe you can speak a little bit on this um, can you give us a little bit more information on the content of the bill what are you it's hoping to do and what is the mistakes that it's correcting the senator just mm-hmm. explained yeah well first of all I would just say uh, Senator Fields you did a great job of sort of laying out um, the reason for the bill why it's so important what it does um, and why you know why we also care uh, here at the children's campaign so much about this policy um, so just a little bit more about the bill um, we've been working really closely on this policy with the uh, Colorado Center on Law and Policy um, and a whole coalition of folks who have been coming together to really think about um, basic cash assistance in the Colorado Works program and as Senator Fields mentioned this is for families who are living in extreme poverty, so below half of the federal poverty level, um, and half of the federal poverty level for a family of four is about $12,875 a year in annual income. So we're talking about families who are facing really extreme barriers to financial security. Mm-hmm. Um, so this bill, Senate Bill 29, um, would do a couple of things to the basic cash assistance benefit for these families. Mm-hmm. One, it would uh, infuse an increase of 5% into the benefit now. So since the program was created in 1996, there has not been a cost of living adjustment. So it's not adjusted for inflation since it was created, which means over those 22 years, the value of basic cash assistance has eroded as the cost of living has gone up and the benefit hasn't gone up along with that. Yeah. So just to to make sure we understood that, Mm -hmm. what $500 $500 used to get you in 1998 does not get you the, the what those basic assistance to survive right now. Exactly. So that's what we're trying to correct here. Exactly. So we're trying to uh, infuse an increase today to help narrow the gap that's been created by that lack of adjustment for those last 22 years. And then moving forward um, would add that cost of living adjustment so that every year, as Senator Field said, it will increase by 1.5 percent so that in the future it doesn't erode uh, over time due to increases in cost of living in the future. So those are two things that the bill will do. um, And this will, you know, increase the amount of cash that families have coming into their pockets um, every month to just help meet their really basic needs. Um, One thing I would mention about basic cash assistance is that it's one of the most flexible forms of assistance. So um, unlike other forms of assistance for families who are really facing some of these huge barriers, this money can be used to pay for things like diapers and bus passes and school supplies. Um, And so it's a really important um, benefit for for families for that reason. So we're not talking additional uh, increases here. We're talking about meeting some of the basic needs, things like diapers and transportation to get to and from school and work. Exactly. So can you talk to us a little about who is on um, these assistant programs? Because I think there's a big black box of who receives public assistance. Mm And um, and how long people stay on it and, and what that means for the overall um, economy of the, the state. Yeah, sure. Um, so you're right. Um, and I would say, first of all, that one thing we know is that there are policies and practices that have been in place that were designed to create more barriers for some families to succeed than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that is built into systems of inequity and racism in our systems that has 
have been in place and are pl- have been playing out for decades. And mm-hmm. because of that, some families are facing greater barriers to success um, than others. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we have some families who are living in really extreme poverty. In Colorado, we know that in 2018, there were about 65,000 kids in Colorado living in extreme poverty, so below uh, 50% of the federal poverty level. Um, so some of those families um, are receiving TANF, basic basic cash assistance. Um, Every family who's receiving basic cash assistance is raising a child or expecting a child. Um, So they're all families who are who are raising or caring for children. And we know from research, poverty has significant impact on. Yes. Child well-being. Can you speak a little bit about that? Senator Fields talked a little bit about what it means for educational attainment. Yes. Yeah. So we know that um, experiencing poverty means that children, um, it impacts their social emotional development, their educational outcomes, their health outcomes. Um, it creates stress within their families, both for their parents and for the kids as they're trying to sort of make those ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, we also know that If there's just, um, you know, uh, some amount of additional income that comes into families' pockets, uh, particularly when kids are young, it really has an impact um, not only on their health and and social, emotional well-being today, but into the future, it really has a positive impact on their outcomes into adulthood. Um, So one study shows that $3,000 of additional income coming into a family when their children are under the age of five mm-hmm. um, means that uh, later in life, that's associated for the kids in that family with um, the equivalent of 20 points on the SAT, oh, wow. 17% um, of an increase in the child's earning as an adult, and 135 additional work hours when those kids are, are adults and in the workforce. So these are long-term impacts and significant public resources over a long period of time, yes. even though it feels like such a small change right now. Exactly. Um Back to you, Senator. I, you know, you talked about how deeply powerful yesterday's hearing was. And when we talk about policy, I think a lot of the time we try to figure out what is the best way to get to legislators? What is the best approach that gets legislators to act on those? Can you give us some insight on what the best way for people to reach out to you? You know, I I think the best thing to do is to not be intimidated Mm -hmm. by reaching out to an elected official, because that's what we're here to do. We want to be visible. We want to be available. And so our numbers are public. You can kind of Google anyone's name and that down at the Colorado (laughs) General Assembly and it'll give us our office number. We have um, monthly town hall Mm -hmm. meetings that people can kind of show up. Uh, It's not based on party affiliation. So you can come to uh, a town hall meeting. Typically, we have different topics every month. My town hall is the first Saturday of every month at Mission Viejo Library in Aurora. Mm -hmm. I also have coffee chats Mm -hmm. at Mimi's Cafe. And then you can also just come down to the Capitol. The Capitol is the people's house. It's open. And all of the elected officials from the Senate to the um, to the House, uh, you can meet your um, representatives. You can give them a note. You can come touch them if you want to meet up with them. So we're very accessible, but it's just making the time to do so. You can also email us yeah. and you can follow um, us on Facebook and Twitter, but we're very accessible. But it's people just have to find the time to um, be engaged in reference to what's going on politically. Mm-hmm. I think one last question. I know you have to run. Um, 
I think we hear about how powerful stories are, and you, you talked a little bit about the families who shared their experiences. Um, can you talk to us how um, powerful those stories are yes. and how to get those stories to you and other elected officials? You know, stories are so very important to um, our work because it's, it drives how we form public policy and how we engage what we want to do to make sure that we have a government that works for everyone. Mm -hmm. So the stories that we heard yesterday and a lot of the legislation that I, I run comes from the people. Mm -hmm. So if I have a situation where kids are being bullied or we have a high rate of suicide rate, then I want to run legislation that's going to help curve those trends. Mm -hmm. But what we heard yesterday were two single parents that are raising kids in poverty. And what kind of struck me the most is that even though they don't have uh, uh, the depth of resources their ability to, to make it work with the small amount of resources they have was just amazing. And their whole goal and focus was not to stay on public assistance. They saw this as a bridge, an opportunity to um, get them out of that despair kind of level of prof uh, poverty and try to do something to springboard out of it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I want to be on welfare or public assistance or aid forever. Mm -hmm. They saw this as a temporary um, situation that they wanted to get out of. Mm -hmm. And so they were taking ownership of their current situation and wanting to do everything possible to get out of public assistance so they can do better for their kids. Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time for us. And we will be back with two Sarahs to talk a little bit more about this policy and to hear some of the firsthand um, experiences that people benefit from these resources. Thank you so much, Senator. Thanks for having me. All right, we are back with two Sarahs this time. Uh, you heard from Sarah Barnes um, a little bit earlier, and I'm going to let the new Sarah introduce herself. Uh, my name is Sarah Leopold. I'm the Vice President of Impact at the Center for Work, Education, and Employment, which we often call CWE. All right, and um, in that role, how do you come uh, in contact with a policy like TANF? Uh, we serve maybe 900 um, families a year who are on TANF and part of that program. All right. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about why you think this policy is really important? Cash is essential for these families. I mean, the, the reason they are eligible for this program is that they have very little other income um, to no other income at all. Mm -hmm. um, Policies like this that put more money in the pockets of families um, are shown to have big impacts down the road when these children become adults um, for outcomes such as education, health, employment, um, other sorts of family outcomes. So for each additional dollar you can put into the hands of these families, um, they put it to good use doing things that have these lasting impacts on their children. So even though $25 or this 5% increase may feel modest, um, again, every additional dollar that kids growing up in this deep poverty have uh, will benefit the long run. And how many programs have that much of an impact? I mean, mm -hmm. it's a, getting cash into their hands is as valuable as lots of other things, including the programs that my organization delivers. Um, we heard from um, Sarah and Senator Fields a little bit about how 
impactful this policy is? And and can you talk to us about some of the stories that you hear in your role, uh, families who benefit from this program and what it means to actually curbing poverty and also mitigating these long-term consequences of um, poverty for kids? Certainly. I mean, when you don't have enough, every additional dollar helps. Um, when your month-to-month income is sort of in question or variable, having just that little bit more helps you smooth out some those bumps. Um, much more specifically, um, but this is a flexible, the only flexible source of income oftentimes that families have. And so it allows them to buy necessities like toilet paper and diapers that other sources of support don't offer them. Um, but it also allows them to do the little things um, like paying for their kids' school pictures. And, you know, as a parent of a five-year-old myself, I just think about how precious those things are in building your family's story and, um, uh, you know, sharing with grandparents and that kind of thing. And, and so it allows them to participate in those things and build those family um, connections and networks also, you have to think about, you know, back to school time and how expensive that can be. You know, just the, the basics of a backpack and a new pair of shoes that fit this year. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking about families with children. And I know how many pairs of shoes my child outgrows <laughs> in a year. So um, every additional dollar helps families meet these needs Um and maybe in some ways, small wants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sarah talked about how this um, very impactful policy has actually s- seen a depreciation in value. Can you speak a little bit about how much of that you've seen and what that actually means in the real lives of these people who really are struggling? So the the overall value of the benefit since the program launched in Colorado in 1997 has um, decreased even with a few increases over the last um, decade. Uh, the overall purchasing um, power has decreased about 39% in that time. And so this dollar is going a lot less far mm-hmm. as the cost of living is growing. Um, the families who are receiving these benefits at this moment in a strong economy mm-hmm. tend to be um, struggling a whole lot more and have greater barriers to employment and um, and their own economic success. And so um, you combine these two things with a decreased purchasing power, the value is less than it used to be and increased barriers and cost of living. And it's just a, a recipe for more and more hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, you, um, Sarah Barnes, <laughs> you talked a little bit about uh, how, you know, the families who are in these extreme poverties are kind of um, have been, you know, put in these situations by compounding systemic barriers. Can you talk a little bit about that and what this policy means in response to that kind of long and historically, um, you know, disfranchising policies? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's right. And I think um, we know that just in the same way that policy decisions got us to where we are today in terms of a system that um, is really inequitable in the opportunities that different families have access to. Mm -hmm. We also know that policy is a tool that can help to start to disrupt some of those inequities in the system. Um, And and as Sarah said, uh, cash in families' pockets um, with children right now today is one really targeted approach to lifting fa- these families out of extreme poverty 
um, now, which is something that impact that has positive impacts on them today, has positive impacts on their kids into adulthood, um, and is just one really important uh, strategy that has a really long term impact on on child outcomes and child well being. Um, I just want to thank both of you for taking this on and um, really championing this. Um, I want to give listeners an opportunity to get involved in this policy. So can you both talk about how people can plug in, even if they're not, um, you know, direct recipients of this? I think as we talked about, it has long term um, public benefit investing in these um places. So can you talk about how people can get involved? We'll start with you, Sarah, and then um, maybe some best practices that you've seen um, for people in this advocacy space. Um, Sarah, if you have already answered, jump in. (laughs) Um, uh, In a very micro way, um, CWE welcomes volunteers all the time. Mm -hmm. And those volunteers um, can make, you know, regular commitments to, um, pieces of our program that help people um, improve their own education and job prospects um, Mm -hmm. or one-time things. We, of course, accept um, donations of work apparel, Mm -hmm. um, in particular, larger sizes Mm -hmm. and um, shoes are in need right now. So the things, um, there are things like that, getting involved, volunteering at an organization that serves families like this, donating, um, those are the things that come to mind most immediately. I'm sure you have more sort of political action kinds of opportunities in mind. No, those are uh, those are really great ideas. And I think, yeah, as a, you know, someone who works at a, a policy advocacy organization, I think a way that folks can get involved sort of on that side of it with both Senate Bill 29, um, but also other bills that are happening this legislative session that benefit kids and families. Um, one really important way um, is to sign up for our Kids Flash newsletter, um, where you'll see updates about this bill every week. Um, there's also uh, a few advocacy days coming up at the Capitol, where there might be an opportunity to talk to your legislator about this bill um, or other bills that are important to you. Um, there is a coalition that's wor- that's come together to work on this bill, and we would love to have you join if you're interested in being part of that email list and getting updates um, and, and coming down to the Capitol to see the bill move through the process. Um, I should mention uh, that it passed unanimously out of its first committee this week and so now yes so um now we'll head sort of to the the appropriations committee in the senate and so it's making its way through the process and there'll be lots of other opportunities um to see it in action at the capitol if that's something that folks are interested in so there's a lot of ways to stay stay on top of it and to and to be involved and we will um link siwi's um website into the description and that kids flash sign up into the description of this podcast so you can have easy access to get involved. Thank you so much both for making the time um, to talk to us today and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. I have one of my colleagues to help me with uh, some ads. Previous guests of the West Steps. Steph. That's me. (laughs) Who's our sponsor this week? Support for this episode is provided by Effect, a Denver-based digital agency that helps campaigns win elections. Effect supports outstanding candidates and initiatives that are focused on winning their election in order to positively transform communities. Learn more at EFFCT.org. 
You want to say that last part again? Where dot can people o- go? <laughs> E-F-F-C-T dot O-R-G. That's effect.org. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. The West Steps is a production of the Colorado Children's Campaign. To support our work, please visit coloradokids.org. And I'll see you next week.